And I mean, when we talk about HR agility, an example would be what happened after we switched to mostly remote operations when the shutdowns hit. Some companies had to continue to recruit, right? Particularly those in essential industries. And so how do you continue to hire people to interview and hire them when you can't meet with them in person? And so they had to quickly pivot and show agility in terms of moving their recruiting processes and make them 100% virtual. The same was true with onboarding. The same was true even with learning programs, which now had to be delivered 100% virtually once the lockdowns came in place. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Each episode shares our latest research, benchmarks, and best practices on world-class performance. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. Hello, everyone. My name is uh, Franco Giramonti, your host for today's podcast. And my guest is uh, Tony DiRimaldo, Senior Director of our HR Research at the Hackett Group. I'll be guiding today's discussion and providing context as needed. As always, a full transcript for this episode can be found at the podcast.thehackettgroup.com. So, Tony, in our key issue study, we always produce this top 10 most important issues for the 2021 calendar year. And I know when I talk with my clients, this list is actually top of mind for them because they always like to validate whether their strategic priorities align with what we uncovered as part of our key issues research. Can you tell us a little bit? Number one here was act as a strategic advisor to the business. Can you tell us why did that make number one this year? Yeah, that's a good question. And certainly that's kind of the biggest change. HR had to step up to the plate and really help the business sort through all of the ramifications and deal with all of the issues that COVID created when it hit. Certainly in the U.S. here, where where I'm based back in March, where it hit full force. And so act as a strategic advisor to the business. One of the dimensions of that was CEOs, top executives, the board relied on HR, specifically the CHRO, to help them figure out what should we be doing? How should we be responding? What should we be telling our people? How should we be dealing and helping them to deal with this crisis so that we can continue to operate? And so some of that involved very strategic decisions, like, for example, you know, how do we ensure that people work remotely? Should we even move people to work remotely? When a few months on, when in some parts of the country, they began to allow people who were not essential workers to come back. There was a whole series of issues around return to work. Deciding when and how to do that was another strategic issue that HR had to deal with. So I think what we saw there was some very clear-cut examples of how HR could help the business deal with the strategic aspects of people 
how it drove their business go, you know, in terms of the future. And so I think it's no surprise as we look at 2021, where the environment is going to continue to be, as we said, volatile and uncertain, that this is a role that HR and is top of mind for HR to continue to play that role. And it's an area which on whole, HR, I think, did a good job of responding to and to delivering on. But our data shows that it's an area that many organizations still need to improve their capabilities. So HR needs to improve, for example, the skills of some of their business partners so that they can act as strategic advisors. So that's an area focused for improvement in 2021 for nearly half of our respondent base said they're going to focus on improving their capability to act as strategic advisors with major initiatives to improve that capability. You know, number two actually gets my attention here around enabling a high-performing organizational culture. It's such a difficult thing to do, right? Because culture is such an intangible asset in a lot of ways to organizations. And yet it came up as number two in HR playing a role there. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. That's a top-of-mind imperative. I think, though, it takes on a little bit different flavor this year in terms of, you know, with the shift to remote working and socially distanced physical workplaces, right? That poses some, I think, unprecedented obstacles in maintaining the organizational culture. And like, if you're bringing new people in, you know, how do you onboard and inculcate into a culture people just coming in who are working remote from day one? And have no idea when they are going to actually in-person meet their supervisor, in-person meet their colleagues. So we've heard through interviews with executives, CHROs throughout the year and our discussions with our clients, you know, the concern with remote working, on the one hand, it's proved fabulously successful in terms of how productive the workforce that's working remotely has been. And those that have strong relationships, right, we relied on that. And companies with strong cultures were able to get through with this difficulty. But there's a real concern, and that's why it's number two and a big challenge. And it's an area where HR the respondents flagged as being a critical development area. So they're not confident that they have the capabilities to keep the culture up when most of what we're doing is in a virtual remote? How do we maintain that strong culture? How do we keep people connected, have a feeling of connection with each other? And also most difficult, how do we build trust and collaboration and connectedness among workers who are new to the organization? And how do we align and build that connection with the organization and its culture and values? That's the big challenge going forward in 2021. In number three here, we talk about align the business and talent management strategies. If you think about it, that's really what HR is about, right? You see finance trying to figure out how the capital and the costs and expenses all align with what's going on with the business and to support that from an HR point of view, it's all about human capital and talent. And how do we align those to support the business strategy? This issue came in as number three. No surprise, it's an important issue, but obviously it takes a whole different level of significance given what's happened with the pandemic last year and what we're still contending with in 2021. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, again, no, no surprise here. I mean, the pandemic forced, you know, many companies to abruptly adjust market and operating strategies. So it really drove a rethinking of workforce and talent capabilities, a, a reassessment of roles, skills that are essential to maintain the business, operational continuity, just, you know, as companies pivoted to more digital delivery of products and services and interactions with customers, again, that exposed certain skills deficiencies and greater demand for certain skills, less demand for others. So that's a very dynamic area and will continue to be dynamic. And so this alignment is something that, you know, requires a day-to-day monitoring and requires a lot of looking at the data in terms of the skills demand and supply of skills. And, you know, when you add to that, you still have large segments of the workforce working from home offices, large portions who, if they're working in a company facility, it's socially distanced. So HR, there are a lot of challenges there around adjusting policies and programs just to promote wellness and productivity. And again, gets into, you know, the ability to deliver on that strategy and to do it effectively. So what we saw is, again, this is another area where there's a fairly large gap in the minds of our HR executive respondents between how important this issue is and what they feel is their ability to achieve this objective to keep it aligned. And so we see two-thirds, actually. So big chunk of the respondents saying that this is an area they've earmarked uh, major initiatives to help improve the capabilities to keep alignment. So some of that is around the workforce intelligence systems to track change, and some of it is around uh, rejiggering training and upskilling so that people have the skills needed to pivot quickly when new areas emerge. Mm-hmm. Number four, we have improve HR agility. You know, when I talk with clients, sometimes it's helpful to really understand what we mean by HR agility first before we can really discuss it as a top priority for HR. Can you maybe just touch on the definition, our interpretation of what that definition is? And then why did it make the list as number four? Yeah, I mean, agility is that term that you hear a lot. And it's not always clearly defined. I mean, when we talk about HR agility, what we're talking about is kind of agility with a big A in the sense that it represents the ability of the organization overall, right, to flexibly respond to changes in what the business needs of them. And that may involve changing their service mix in terms of the services they provide to the organization. It may mean changing the way in which those services are delivered, right? And an example would be what happened after we switched to mostly remote operations when the shutdowns hit. Some companies had to continue to recruit, right? Particularly those in essential industries. And so how do you continue to hire people, to interview and hire them when you can't meet with them in person. And so they had to quickly pivot and show agility in terms of 
moving their recruiting processes and make them 100% virtual. The same was true with onboarding. The same was true even with learning programs, which now had to be delivered 100% virtually once the lockdowns came in place. So that's an example of agility, as well as the mindset of HR staff, right? Their ability to quickly shift their priorities and adjust to the change priorities and to shift from working on one thing to something entirely different. That's what we mean when we talk about HR agility. Last year, we had a lot of issues come up with respect to the protests across many different cities, and particularly in the U.S., but not only in the U.S., around the world. And I noticed when I was talking to a lot of CHR leaders, they were doing a lot of soul-searching as it related to that. What can companies do, organizations do, to play their part in making things better in society overall? So no surprise, given all of that that happened last year, that for the, you know, number six came in, uh, we have increased workforce diversity and inclusion and belonging as our number six top issue for the HR function. Yeah, and I mean, that's the first time we see this coming into the top 10 list and absolutely reflects what you just mentioned. And I would say, you know, that HR, if you look at organizations, HR has played a, you know, lead role in addressing the issue of diversity, inclusion, and belonging for the company. And all of the programs tend to be, or most, come out of HR. It's led by HR staff and whatnot. And, you know, certainly many of the, for large organizations, have already invested a huge amount of resources into this issue. But I think There was an awakening, obviously, in 2020. So I think what we're seeing as to why this is now a top six issue is I think that's indicative that this is an issue that we really have to make progress on. It's not enough to add another program or another employee resource group or even report our metrics internally. We have to get results. We have to set aggressive goals and meet those goals and hold people across our business accountable. And so I think the challenge is to work in tandem with senior leaders to make this happen. And we see, I think, a lot of momentum and a commitment amongst uh, organizations to tackle this issue. And there's a, I think, as reflected when we asked about who believes they're well-positioned to tackle this issue, right? This is another area that most of the organizations that responded to our survey said they feel questions and concerns about their ability to deal with with the issue. So it's an area where there's a focus, more than 50% have significant initiatives in 2021 planned to improve their capability to achieve this objective. So That's another key area, certainly, for HR. So, Tony, let's shift gears a little bit. We talked about the top 10 or, you know, the partial list of the top 10 that we have out there. But, you know, in the the key issues research, we collected a lot of information around technology as well. And a key component for a successful HR function is really having the right technology and the tools in place. Can you talk a little bit about the outlook for adoption 
and how we were impacted, like these technology projects that were ongoing at the time COVID hit, how were they impacted by COVID? Yeah, certainly uh, digital technology and digital transformation of HR is a area and kind of a theme that we've been tracking and researching for the last five years. And so within our annual study, we have a section where we ask about adoption of various digital technologies. And it's definitely something that yielded some very interesting results. And I'm not going to, I'll just call some of the key highlights and findings. But just to set the stage, we've seen slow but steady increase in adoption of a broad range of digital technologies, you know, whether it's cloud HCM, so your core systems, whether it's best of breed, business process, some of your workflow tools to support behind the scenes operations. Those are all things that have slowly gathered steam with the latest digital technologies being adopted. And this year we saw further progress. And so like cloud-based core HCM application suites, now a majority have a, a widespread implementation. So these are now predominant and 82% of our respondents said they have it implemented on some level. And so I think that's really the number one thing to focus on because that's the biggest technology that was leveraged in 2020. As a matter of fact, 44% indicated they accelerated their implementation of these systems and the functionality of those systems. So they really relied on capabilities of these systems to help deal with the COVID crisis. And then looking for growth in 2021, we see a projected 20% increase in adoption. So that's number one across all of those indicators, which I think is very significant. The other thing I'll call attention to as sort of a core digital technology is robotic process automation. And this is something that, you know, we've been advocating HR organizations adopt and take a harder look at how to leverage. And what we see now, 63% indicate they're using some RPA on some basis. And last year, although some companies, uh, 43% actually decelerated their use of it because of COVID, which again, I think reflects cutbacks in budgets and maybe just some of the things HR had to focus his time and resource on. But looking out to next year, the growth rate is 16%. So I think RPA is going to continue to grow. So those are the, I think, the most important insights coming out of the data we collected on some of the core digital technologies. You talked about core, but we're not just, you know, when you think of the portfolio of different technologies within the HR purview, there are other types, right? We have groups like data-related technologies as well as even emerging technologies. Can you talk a little bit about what the key issue study covered in these particular categories? Yeah, there are a couple of interesting findings there. I mean, the data-related technologies, you know, what jumps out there is the use of advanced analytics 
and modeling tools as well as data visualization tools. So right now we've got over 50% utilizing those different tool sets. And again, that's up from under 50% in the last time we looked at it last year. And, you know, in terms of the crisis impact, we saw the majority either had no impact or the implementation of those tools got accelerated. And growth rates for advanced analytics is 18% next year and for data visualization, 15%. So what we're seeing there is the use of data to help monitor and anticipate the changes and the responses that are going to be necessary around the workforce, around HR operations, you know, dealing with all the uncertainty that we've been talking about. This indicates a reliance on analytical tools to help HR stay ahead, at least one step ahead if possible, or or at best keep pace with those changes. One other thing that I think is important coming out of this is we ask about adoption of virtual assistants and chatbots. And again, this is another area with great potential, we believe, when we look at all the various things that HR does that are routine, that are rules-based, that either can be done by RPA, but also just the typical administrative transactions that maybe today a person, an HR generalist is doing, or even an HR business partner, or someone in a contact center that can easily be done by a chatbot. And chatbots now are closing into 50% adoption rate. And we saw about more than 60% that either accelerated or or kept their plans in place for implementation last year, despite the COVID. And its growth rate is projected at 11% next year. So again, that's slow, but I categorize slow but steady progression. And it's a key technology because with HR, you know, going back to what we said about the budgets and HR having to do increasingly more with a less resource, They've got to find ways to do the things that maybe aren't as critical in terms of the business, but have to be done. And chatbots are one of those tools that can help offload that work from HR staff to a technology. And that allows the HR staff to focus on the higher value, higher impact activities of working with the workforce or the business. So, Tony, it looks like we are out of time. Uh, first of all, I wanted to thank you for just the great work you've done with relate in relation to this key issue study and joining me to share in your thoughts. I know you're very passionate about this work, and it's always just great to learn from you, and, and it just helps me better serve my clients in this regard. So to our listeners, don't forget, if you want to learn more about the, the key issue study that Tony and I were discussing today, you can go to our website at uh, podcast.thehackygroup.com to learn more information about not only this key issue study and download the paper, but you could also learn about any other upcoming podcasts that we have on the way. So thank you. I uh, hope you enjoyed our podcast and have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know what you thought of this episode. You can write us an email at podcast at And if you like this episode, please share it. 
You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackitgroup.com. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. The Hackett Group is the global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackettgroup.com.